numbers. When you look at reviews and do you know what the first two things people say are? Number one is, wow, this place is clean. It's because of our maintenance team, right? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that and talking about that's so important. So right. just providing a clean environment is especially during the, the, during the time of the pandemic and follow yeah. one of the comments we typically get, wow, you guys did a great job helping us feel safe while we were coming bowling during this time. And so glad to continue to see that you're doing X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I, when people want to, people come in the doors just to use our restrooms, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they're yeah. in the neighborhood and they found us to use the bathroom. Right. Yeah. That says something. Uh, and you just, you keep, you build on that. Yeah. I think sometimes we underestimate. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Frank. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. For the people who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, tell us a little bit about who you are and the center you're with. Hey, great. Thanks for having me, Forrest. Frank Wilkinson, proprietor of Rabs Country Lanes here in the greatest city in the world, New York City, mm. centers here in Staten Island. We were a mm. second generation bowling proprietor. We're in the, ingrained in our community for 28 years now and then some. Yeah. So I like to usually kick off with a little bit about the past, how you got into the industry, obviously somewhat born into it, but walk us through a little bit about that journey to getting into the industry to kind of where you are today. Yeah. We don't really have enough time for that. Yeah, so second generation, my dad started as a pin boy, earning a living to uh, keep his family fed and moving along. And so him and his brother worked as pin boys, always had the dream of getting into this business, owned several pro shops, sporting goods stores, selling trophies, bowling, mm -hmm. and then had an opportunity to get into the bowling business, Took it, went into a partnership. And then in the late nineties, had another opportunity, left that and then came here to Country Lanes was mm. overseeing two bowling centers at the time. And that the landlord gave him the opportunity to take over a lease. And here we are 28 years later. And I got thrown into uh, the family business as I think most people that are in family businesses do. I was a teenager working here. And uh, sadly, my father had gotten ill. And so I was just graduating high school and college kind of deciding what route to take, knowing that this was going to be an eventual route, but looking to have that backup plan. Yeah. And that kind of came quicker. So I was thrown into the daily operations of our center. I've got two brothers. I have a, my oldest brother is, was working for ABC at the time, doing, living the life, doing his thing. And my brother, my middle brother's a fireman and he was just getting into mm -hmm. the job. So it was a kind of a, Hey, what are we doing here? So my father worked, started working from home. I was here in the bowling center and that just kind of took off. So I was going to school mm. time here and there and just continued the journey here in the bowling center. Wow. So almost your whole career is here in the bowling industry. It is. I laugh when mm. people say, so what kind of jobs have you had and what kind of jobs have you interviewed for? The only jobs I've interviewed for are volunteer positions. No, really? I love that. So then, you know, you guys have a pretty run center. I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the stuff that's working for you today. You know, you guys are pretty popular out there. You know, you've run a pretty high volume center. Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that you're doing today that it seems to be successful for you. Yeah, that's a loaded question, Forrest. You know, we're a, we're in a market with 500,000 people. There are two bowling centers. The other bowling center is not as active in, in our industry and the things that we do, but we, you know, we try to work together. And in New York City, we've got a great group of bowling centers that do work together and along with our state association. Mm -hmm. Here at RABS, community is a big piece of what we do, what we are. And yeah. so 
uh, that has kind of been instilled in us, giving back to those who give so much to you. And that goes back to our staff and then, of course, our community behind that. And so if anybody knows anything about bowling, anybody that's got these wonderful businesses we have, we've got these communities built in that are just amazing, right? There's a community within the bowling center and it's just the, the people that make this work. And so right. here at RABS, uh, youth bowling is important for us. That community-based population, we still do have a large league population. So large percentage of our business still is league play, which has changed, right? So for all of us has changed and looks very different today. And it does for us. I've been for 10 years, I've been telling our staff and our family, hey, we need to really look at this and say, hey, this is something going to change and evolve. And it certainly has. And so we've tried to stay ahead of that, knowing, yeah. you know, Frank may have bowled on Monday nights and Frank bowled with his wife or significant other on Tuesday nights. And then the wife bowled on a different day. And so everybody bowled multiple times a week. And so instead, what's happened, instead of the multiple times a week, Frank and his wife bowl one night a week. Mm, okay. Where league participation has changed, it's more the same people are bowling, just not bowling as often, right? So that's been a big change for our mom. We hear the party and event space is huge. Raising. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because of the community that you have, you've got this great facility to do fundraising. And it's always been a big part of our business as well. So you look at what your availability is and who you want to serve and when you can serve, and you open that up to multiple opportunities. I've challenged our staff. I've pushed them a little too hard sometimes, but in a good <laughs> way, we have all this space, right? 42,000 square feet of space, 48 wow. lanes of in inventory, right? A bar, kitchen space, all these tables, but you can't look at it. We're just selling bowling. We're selling events. Right. So yeah. in our lounge, we can do X, Y, and Z. So for example, we had dead time, a poker league uh, came to us and said, hey, we're looking for a place to play. Absolutely. Bars not being used. Other, we could still use this great space. You go play, use that space. We have a air hockey, not air hockey, a table hockey league that plays once a month. Mm. But again, we're using the space for other things to drive revenue and traffic. Right. Uh, I can't tell you how many people come in and just want to rent the space without bowling. Great, wonderful. We've got meeting mm. space. So really looking at looking at your total footprint, saying, "Wow, well, what else can I do in this space other yeah. than?" we know is that traditional bowling space. That's, look up. that's been one of the things that we've been charged with over and over. We recently released out our kitchen operation. And so we took that, that over a year and a half ago. And it's been, we bought a restaurant in the middle of the pandemic, right? Which, was, which has been fantastic. You have to be in charge of your own destiny and your customer experience. And so that was one of the pieces of the puzzle that we were willing to say to somebody else, hey, you operate this, let's work together. And we had a great partnership. But over time, I need to be in charge of that, ex that experience when customers yeah. walk in the door. Right. So we've been focusing a lot on food. And I tell you, it's totally changed the experience of when people come yeah. in. Yeah. So building on that as well. So how do you take what we all do? We enjoy, we love to eat, we love to drink and hang out. How do you take all of that and mix it up? So all of these little pieces of the puzzle kind of really make this wonderful place thrive and work. And I tell you, the pandemic has taught all of us amazing things, good and bad. Mm -hmm. so we have a list of the COVID keepers, the things that we're continuing to do as a result of learning through the pandemic. And then there are those that, thank God, they're gone. And so here we're going to move forward. But we've learned so much. And looking at your daily schedules, looking at your operation, certainly has changed because of that. Mm -hmm. So I can say thank you. 
<laughs> which is terrible to say. <laughs> you know what? It, it truly challenged us. And so right. we, here in New York City, we had restrictions for two full years. Right. Some kind. And we're still catching up. Very lucky with government funding. But at the same time, wow, we're catching up, trying to figure this out, pushing us even more to look at how do we continue to drive new revenue and new business and wanting people to have more income back. So right. in a nutshell, there's more there. Yeah. No, it sounds like you guys have a lot going on. I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into a few of those. I've seen some videos and images of the fundraisers that you guys do. It seems like they're pretty successful. What are some of the things or take me through what that process looks like to have a good fundraiser? How do you find the organizations to do it with? I think this is a huge opportunity for a lot of centers, but they just don't know where to start. What would you kind of tell them or suggest? You know, people automatically, I struggle with this one because people in business automatically assume because they hear the word fundraiser, they have to be the one that's constantly giving to this, to a fundraiser. And it's a, it's certainly a business, it's avenue for new business. And we do charge a discounted rate, right? So that's kind of our big give back to each of these nonprofits, which are discounted rate. They rent the space, they rent the space. Most of them include food because that adds value to the organization's raising. But for the most part, we have a few projects that we do ourselves. So through our family foundation, the Rab Wilkinson Foundation, we operate several fundraisers for our own causes that mean near and dear to us. At the same time, we work with so many nonprofits to then utilize our space. And we really are, we've just become the host. No different mm-hmm. than calling a catering hall and booking a dinner. Right. But then this, whatever it might be, instead it's bowling. And we're providing that venue at a cost for them to raise their money. Yeah. The leg up they have is that bowling is fun. We can mm-hmm. charge a decent price where we know everybody's going to have a good time and provide it an excellent product. And yeah. in the same avenue, you can do your raffles and sell your sponsorship where all that additional revenue comes in. Oh, by the way, if your fundraiser is 50, 60 people, you only need this many lanes. You have the opportunity to capitalize on other people that are in the building as well. And so that mm-hmm. helps tell that story and let people know, hey, we'd love to work with you. A lot of yeah. times we also give them the, op- the opportunity to sell raffles at other times here in the bowling center during our, our peak league season. Hey, mm-hmm. you want to have your event on Saturday? Come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and sell 50-50 chances or some sort of raffles during our league play, promoting your nonprofit, promoting your event raise some money for, from people that probably aren't going to come. The, the success to these events will always be that one person that creates a committee that has an affinity to the organization and wants to raise the funds, right? Yeah. So not always just the staff person. It's not the executive director or the director of development. It yeah. certainly is the volunteers that are going to say, we're having a bowling event. We're doing X, Y, and Z. This is what we're raising money for. Mm-hmm. They have that affinity out through the, all the organizations that host events here, we feel the local community with about a half a million dollars in money that's been raised wow. through this venue. Yeah. And which is amazing, right? That's it's half a million dollars of just money that's been raised through events that are hosted here at RABS. And that's schools, PTAs, nonprofit, including ourselves, which is great. Not, not yeah. Including our own nonprofit. Right, right. So you guys act as the platform then. So then do you provide them with tips or here's what we've seen work well? Like you, you, you kind of coach some of these nonprofits on how to have a good event or what, how much involvement do you have? You're just like, hey, here's the space. Let us know how it goes. No, the only way that's going to be successful is if we help give them the tools to be successful. That's things. Hey, I can't assume that you know how to do something and it's our mm-hmm. job to the tools to be successful. Whether yeah. 
whether it be your staff, whether it be your customers, however it might be. So part of that conversation, hey, when I have a bowling fundraiser, okay, great. We're not just booking. We're sharing the best practices. Hey, this is what we see. This is what works. Yeah. And it's simple. For the most part, somebody to manage registration, pre-registration, know who they are, collect their shoe sizes, because at least when you come in the day, we can have everything prepared for yeah, you. Yeah, great point. Reach out to your local businesses for raffle items. Interestingly enough, during the pandemic, we had lots of, when we reopened, lots of organizations very hesitant to ask for donations and understand. Yeah. But I, being in that world as well, I told people, hey, go ask. The worst that they can do is say, yeah. but also trying to drive traffic back to these businesses. So go buy a $25 gift card and ask them to match it with a donation of 25. So your raffle's yeah. Right. Those are things that make sense and that can help you help them. Yeah, so great point. These are the things that we share and we have some tools that we share with them to help make that work, whether it be a fly it, flyer template, online registration opportunities. And most of them, they take what they do and they run with it because they yeah. don't have other events. They just... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the better you can help them do their event, the more they're going to do with you or keep doing it or tell other people about it and the more events that you can then hold. Yeah, the worst thing is that, hey, I'm going to have 100 people, and then they show up with 30. No, right. <laughs> we want to help them get to that 100, right? We want to match yeah. whatever they have. And you know what? Sometimes it takes a little while, and it's not easy for us because we are hosting fundraisers on a regular basis. So we mm -hmm. can't be, we're not hands-on, but we will do the best that we can to help get them that, get yeah. them that in their journey. Right. But and share what you've seen work. You know, hey, here's, you know, we just had 100 of these. Here's what's worked for all right. of those. Yeah. Very cool. So then, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the parties and events business that you guys do. So is that something that you've really worked on promoting or is it something that's just kind of come naturally or tell me a little bit about your, you know, experience with that? All of the above. And I probably tell you that we don't promote it enough. And I say that tongue in cheek as my event specialist is walking by. Probably. <laughs> you know, our since reopening, since all the reopening and the restrictions dropping last March, our event business has been, has taken off as a whole has been great. But yeah. the event business itself has really kicked off. What we are now seeing are the pandemic parents that we've now called them with pandemic children that have never had a birthday party. Oh, yeah. So, and that's wow. a very different customer. Right. You know this until you have this interaction with a parent and they tell you, well, my child never had a birthday party out. And I'm looking, I go, oh, what? The kid's four <laughs> or five. Yeah. First birthdays might be at a catering hall or restaurant or mostly at the house, second. But right. then three, four, five, they start to do activities. And this is one of them. And so the first interaction people have with bowling is through a birthday party. Four percent of kids will tell you the first time they ever went bowling was through a birthday party. Yeah. So we capitalize on that message. It's something that we don't really have to spend too much time and energy focused on promoting. It really is a party venue where we spend more time promoting would be corporate parties, adult events. Okay. Outside of the traditional bowling. bowling. Mm -hmm. And that grows outside of the regular customer base that's in the building. Hey, my, my husband's turning 50, my wife's turning 70, I want to party can we do this absolutely let's make it happen and yeah. most referrals come from the parties the days of the events and what's happening i say yeah good job Speaking of which while we're looking at this what was yeah. the third one that you mentioned you said it was fundraising parties and events what was the third one you're saying it's working really well for you guys i mentioned youth bowling youth bowling i don't know what else i said i think community bowling. involvement i'm trying to remember because i remember it was a good one i wanted to double click on that but maybe we get to it maybe we don't that's right Use whatever you want. So pick up where we're at. So we're talking about events. Um, events, yeah. 
so one of the things that we're the one one of the things that we're, we're seeing are parents having these having birthday parties and i'll use them just as one example where they're spending a lot more money on food and beverage to, to add to their to show off and do whatever they're doing it's amazing party is this the cakes come in there they're this big they're this small wonderful hey we provide this venue use it but what we're seeing, and it's really designed around food. Wow, this food is really good. Where did this come from? No, it came from here. No, where do you mean? Where'd you get it from? No, it came from here. These people, these parents are coming in the office to book their own child's party. And then that's one of the first things they talk about. So, because that's what's important to them. But yeah. it's about the kids having a good time. And so their right. children have a great time. And so how do you capitalize on that continuously? Mm -hmm. So storytelling that needs to be more prominent are okay that birthday party is one focus but how do we do all of these other events and i tell you when we spend time and energy promotion it is it's team building events it's take your team out we're even focusing on lunch opportunities recently sharing with local businesses local neighborhood discount come in for lunch great thank you for being a great neighbor 10 percent off your lunch also, how do we do some outside catering where we can say, hey, buy, buy lunch for your team and we'll deliver it free. And so mm -hmm. it's not just bowling, but the message of bowling then becomes, oh, wow, this came from the bowling alley. Let's go bowling, right? And right. so all of those things add up. And we're seeing that success coming to the events where they're here, they're seeing other parties and events. So wait, let's do this. And so to the question, promotion-wise, we spend a lot of time and energy promoting children's birthday parties, but have now refocused as a result of the last couple of years on the other events to use this space, however. Yeah. And the nice thing about those, and I was just talking to Beth Stanley about this to Trainertainment, how all the events almost start to act as their own marketing mechanism, because you're not going to have an event with one person. You bring in 10, 20 people. And a lot of times it could be their first time in the center. And now that goes on that, hey, this is something we can put into our short list of things to do on the weekend. And you can gain customers just by, you know, being paid to have the party. Yeah. So one of the things that Beth will also tell you, people walk through our bowling center all the time and they don't know there's a party going on, right? So they don't mm -hmm. know there's a party going on. That's a problem. So we should be using balloons. And it's one of the, it's one mm -hmm. of the things that we all go nuts over. It drives us crazy. The cost of helium, this, that, the other thing. However, we provide a balloon centerpiece for every birthday party. And they buy some, they bring their own, but yeah. it's really an opportunity. Hey, there's balloons standing on the concourse somewhere. We, what are we doing here? They're celebrating a birthday party. There's balloons. Yeah. In We're forcing that where they might not do it themselves. And so yeah. that is just a marketing tool for you. A very simple one, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's very visual, no different than people eat with their eyes, showcasing food through photos on menus and actual food on the counters so how do you get people to see that to know hey i don't I, you know maybe i should look for a flyer maybe i should get some more information what's right that over there but without that symbol they don't know you can't yeah. you're gonna know that hey you guys do this and I, mm -hmm. I think that's a big challenge in this industry for a very long time a lot of assumed business the yes is very mm -hmm. assumed okay great and then all of a sudden wait there's this fall off why is this fall why it are why is there this fall off and how do you get through that and so you can't assume that people know who you are what you're doing my dad used to <laughs> used to fight a little bit but he used to say hey people know we're here and at one time that was very true today mm -hmm. this community in itself has changed so much where they don't mm -hmm. so we focus people move on, yeah yeah people mm -hmm. we have this we have a very new population that's moved in focusing hyper local advertising focused on different parts of the region have been important for us so yeah. how you build on that but yeah they don't know they can't assume they yeah know. yeah it's somewhat of an availability bias because you know everyone that you know 
all your friends, your family, they know about you and your center. But there's plenty of people out there that you don't know who have no idea about your center. So you're kind of biased that, you know, that you tend to think that people know about us. We've been here forever, but they could be, you know, half a mile down the road and they've never even heard of you a lot of the time. You know, and what's changed in our industry, uh, when bowling centers close, people stop bowling. So shame their neighborhood bowling center closes and go, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm packing it away. When the bowling center that was a mile down the road closed in 2004, we picked up a lot of their their business, but their regular league business, some of those people just packed it up and they won't travel a mile down the road to go bowling, which is amazing. Right. But that's yeah. happened every time a bowling center closes. And so when you look at that, you go, okay, if they're not coming down the road, then how do I go get them? Do I need to send a bus? Do I need to figure out a way to get them? Yeah. Or are they just using that as their excuse to say, you know what? I've done this long enough. I'm done. And that's right. what happens. And so they'll find you over time. They'll come in, maybe mm -hmm. their grandchildren or their children or their friends and say, hey, let's go bowling. There's the place. But they won't do it in their regular, in that regular way because it's different, that new experience. Right. They just don't want to. And that's always an uphill battle for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So then I wanted to address the third uh, of the pillars that you talked about is working well for you is the, uh, the food piece. So talk to me a little bit about taking that transition because, you know, that's a whole nother beast in itself as the food and beverage side of things, but they're so inextric inextricably connected that you, like you said, you've got to have that quality piece. Talk to me a little bit about taking that over and how that's affected business. Yeah. So we, uh, you look at the model, you look at what we do and what you want to offer. And so what we've hired, a, we hired a chef that's operating the food and beverage business. Hmm. Uh, he comes from a background. He's been in New York City restaurants for a very long time. And it's from Staten Island, which is really cool. You know, someone that knows your business, knows your back door, has an affinity here with relationships through his family that were both, you know, everybody knows somebody, but they're yeah. both in his family too. And when we were bringing him on and he's asking me questions, do people expect this? Do they expect that when they come bowling? And I said, they do because that's what's available to them. And yeah. so how do you make that experience, how do you change that experience for people to want to come back and not just for bowling, come and have lunch, come and have dinner yeah. before league play, come and sit in the bar and have a burger or wings. And so we've focused heavily on rebranding new menu, fresh products, just something very different. And it's paid off. People are seeing it. You know, it's always slow. You know, yeah. you, we're creatures of habit. We, I went bowl, I would go bowling and have pizza and that was my thing. And so now we're trying to say, Hey, look over here. You know, there's magic happening over here. And how do you make that happen? And so yeah. slowly, but surely that's happening. And through our parties and events, they're certainly seeing it because we're offering an array of different food, but our signature items have become our burgers. They're fresh patties from Pat Lafreda Meat Company, who's famous here in New York City. Mm. Very simple. Chef will tell you that the meat should always be the highlight and everything else that goes with it is wonderful. Mm. We'll highlight the specific item. Right. Weights are another piece of our business. And uh, we argued in the beginning because bowlers don't like messy food. Guess what? Bowlers mm. do like messy food. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Serious win. bowlers don't like it, but you know, your average bowler, they're, they're no, sure. We've proven that to be false. I would agree. Uh, yeah. it's, it's funny. I'm watching men, women, everybody eat these burgers and God, they're messy. It's a burger. But then right. they're taking their napkins and they're still bowling. I'm like, all right, now right. I'm myself <laughs> in the same boat. But I'm a, I'll pick up my burger, a couple bikes, and then I give up and I use a fork and knife. It's just, I, that's no matter where I am, that's always. And so I get made fun of too. But when you change that and make that part of the experience, make them want to come back and be a, do more and not just come in for bowling. We yeah. 
just come in, just bowl, not eat, maybe get a drink. Now that has flipped. So now in the bar, they're ordering food, they're seeing different things like, wow. And then of course, you switch it up with specials. And so chefs having a good time and everybody else under them is saying, hey, we could do this. And lately it's been tacos. Jose mm-hmm. says, hey, let's do tacos. And one of the challenges currently is our space. We're remodeling this space, give it a new look, new energy. But part of that is to make it workable. New refrigeration, I can grab and go, prep space. It'll be beautiful when we get it done. But in the meantime, it's tough to then start introducing these new things because we don't have the space. We don't have, we're limited with what we can do. So he says, I'll make tacos. We made tacos. But now it's been a few weeks where he's been making tacos. They're selling out within a few days. And somebody goes, what happened to the tacos? I said, they're sold out. They made so many. And then last week he didn't make any, he got yelled at. So then he made more. But it's just a little thing that Mm -hmm. makes people excited. And when I got yelled at by my own teammates, that there was no tacos last Tuesday. Going, hey, get over it. You know, next week maybe there'll be tacos. But yeah, it's good. It's good. It's exciting. You want people right. to be excited. In the last couple of weeks, it's been that. So we had some, and it's all about promotion. It's all about storytelling. We don't do as small businesses as a whole. Not everybody does the best job at telling their story. Right. We thrive on that. We've spent two years doing live streams, talking with our customers while we were closed doing all sorts of things through events and it works storytelling at its best. How do you take those and use your local press, use whatever you can to then highlight that. And when people mm-hmm. hear those stories, it makes them go, Oh, wow. So we invite the local food editor say, Hey, we're doing this and just come and check us out and spent a whole day with us. And she bowled, she ate, but we've got this great relationship with her that everybody could have in their local markets. And so how do you capitalize on what's already available to you? And it's funny, so this art, St. Patty's Day happens to be the day that this article had been printed and posted online with some live video. People are like, oh, wow, I just saw the changes. You've been bowling for a year and a half. This isn't new. But <laughs> it's amazing how people just go, oh, wow, look what's going on at Bowling Alley. It's yeah. been going on. So you have to tell your story. You, ha- you, are, right. you are in charge of your own destiny. And if you don't tell your story, you're never going to, you're never going to continue to grow. And so... Mm-hmm. So important. And I tell people that all the time, tell your story. And these businesses, these bowling centers around the country have a million stories that can be told. Some of them can't be told. It shouldn't be told. (laughs) But lots of really good stories. And how many times I hit up that sports editor and I say, hey, so-and-so call him. And he's really, I said, yes, I've got a league bowler. She's going to turn, I think she turns 98 in a couple of weeks this year. I'm a little off on the date, but she's been multiple times a week celebrate that, right? We celebrate with a birthday cake. Yeah. Make sure people know. And so just the little things. So when it comes to food, people today live in this world where they snap pictures of their food, you know, and they're so excited and we want that. And so we, we encourage that as well. So just a little piece adding on to that question there. Yeah, no, I love that. I think what you're highlighting is somewhat of an industry, an expectation within the industry that, you know, it, the food offering can almost stand on its own with bowling centers. And historically, I think it's been kind of under that, you know, you're getting like a hot dog or some chips and a pretzel or something like that. I think some of the, a lot of these centers are stepping it up to where they could almost be a standalone restaurant. And some of these centers are even the nicest restaurant in town that, you know, some of the clients that I work with, they literally have the nicest restaurant in town. And, you know, like you're doing, you're stepping it up. People are happier for that. They're willing to buy more. And then you're able to pull people in just for the food and then get them to cross over for the bowling or, or, you know, vice versa. When it comes to food, I think people have this expectation these days that it's gotten worse in a good way. 
you want fresh food, you want more options, you want to have whatever it is you have that the old snack stand doesn't work anymore. It's not the expectation. It isn't. I think it's the expectation when you go somewhere, go, I'm going to the bowl and I have, to your point, chicken fingers and fries, call it a day. But then when they see other offerings, wait a second. Yeah, because we're not just your bowling alley, right? We're not just your local bowling center. We are so many things to so many different people. And our mission is to fulfill that need and to provide that place for people to get away from everyday life. And if it's just walking in the door to have a burger, then great. I want you to have a good burger. I want you to have a good experience, whatever it is that you're coming in this building for. Right. And so you're getting away from everyday life and how do you do it? But that expectation on food is because of this Instagram world where people are like, wow, look at this and scrolling and it's, everybody's yeah. taking these amazing, and listen, I'm guilty of it. I, my Instagram is devoted to food. And I'm so behind in posting pictures, but I have all these drafts. I'm like, all right, about, about time. And I get yelled at, hey, you haven't been anywhere lately? But this expectation to deliver on that has grown. And one of the things that Bowling Practice Association has done through their food and beverage committee is done some focus on providing education on what we can and can't do. And it's really simple. How do you take this one item that you have and make five things out of it? So you have mm -hmm. fresh, I can do so many different things with that fresh chicken. I can fry it, I can grill it, I can chop it up and make this, that, so many things. I think we lose sight because it's very easy to just buy frozen food and just carry it all in the freezers and just dump it in the fryer. Right. And that's not... Yes, I think it is the expectation when people walk through our doors because that's what that experience was for so long. Yeah. But that's no longer the experience today, which is wonderful. And the, our business has changed so much throughout the whole industry where that expectation has changed. Go mm -hmm. to newer facilities that are bowling entertainment centers where bowling is the footprint, but it's about everything else. Yeah. And then to our traditional bowling centers and go, wait a second. Wow, I just okay, how do we work? How do we work? Mm -hmm. well? And that's a big part of what we've been doing here. Um, yeah. And so looking at our space differently, the food piece is a very big part of that business. And then diversifying. So I talked about utilizing your spaces, 48 lanes of inventory, which most people have no understanding, right? I try to dummy it down to, I walk in the store, there are 48 rolls of paper towels and it takes up this much space. Our inventory is this much of 40, yeah. this much space. And 40, so, it, yeah, it's, it, mm -hmm. think about it, right? So, and it's relative to the size of the bowling center. You have an eight lane bowling center. It's the same thing. Your inventory is eight lanes and all yeah. those tables and chairs that are sitting behind those lanes or party rooms or restaurants, depending on what you have. Right. So how do you look at that? And that we've been working towards adding more entertainment options. A full arcade is what's next in addition mm. to rebranding and redoing this kitchen space. Uh, sadly, red tape with New York City has put us behind. Of course. So we're actually like fast forward. We're ready to move and do these things. But the pandemic also put us behind. That experience is going to continue to change, but we have to stay ahead of it. Think about right. next. And that, I have to mm -hmm. say, that was one of the things my father always did. Believed in reinvesting in your people, reinvest in your place, let people see how you spend your money. But you also mm -hmm. have to look at the next technology, look at what's ahead to the best of your ability. And then that's how you'll continue. And that's, it's really for any business, right? Right. Business mm -hmm. is so different because we're so many things, <laughs> really are. Right. Yeah. You can take it in so many different directions. Like you said, you know, arcade or, you know, some people will take out six lanes and throw in laser tag or, you know, there's so many different directions you can take it with your center, but it sounds, you know, you guys are doing a really good job of kind of opening up to a new market by offering that better food experience by, you know, offering different product lines, whether it's gaming or some of these other things where 
you can open up to a new market and become, you know, a intersection of three or four different circles rather than just one product bowling. And listen, you talk about taking lanes out and doing things. We're seeing cornhole. You're seeing seeing what makes sense in your market. I'm not going to have any pulling lanes out, but again, you have to look at your market and what what takes it. At one time, Mm -hmm. we were talking about it. Hey, we've got a lot of bowling lanes. We don't, we're not packed all the time. There are things that we could do. I'm glad we didn't because we're busy. This last year was pretty good. And I think everybody in the industry saw the same thing as this pandemic finally comes to an end, right? Yeah. People want to be out. They want to do things. We're seeing people come out in groups. They're not coming out in couples, threes. They're coming out in four, five, six, eight. Yeah. You name it. How many people can we put on a lane? They can put up to six, but it looks like you're going to have to put eight and that's fine with us. Yeah. We, you're going to get less bowling time. We really don't recommend that, but hey, I have nowhere else to put you. Right. So, it's totally changed. The, our hours have changed. It's, it's not bad. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's just mm-hmm. very new focus. Yeah. I wanted to ask you one last thing about space because I think you're using it is the, what is it? The profit platform for stage area. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that because that's something slightly unique that you guys do. And I think you really take advantage of it. So the profit platform, I mean, it's a, pro- it's a product that I looked at for a very long time. We've always put, we put bands on the lanes here and there and have done different things. And we had a stage at one time, we used to run a, a karaoke contest with celebrities from soap operas. And it was a couple months long and raised money for a local charities. Amazing event. At a stage, we built it, store it, stopped doing that, moved away. That stage went away. I was looking at this profit platform for, I can't tell you how long. And last summer, we launched a new fundraiser for Bowlers to Veterans Link and to support local veteran projects here on Staten Island. And we wanted to not just do a bowlathon, right? We could turn a bowlathon on like that. We talked about fundraising before. Right. But we didn't want just that. So we were looking for something different. And essentially, we basically created a concert venue. And so bowling wasn't even the important part of it. We thought people would want to be bowling. And no, they're just coming. They came for music. And we raised $20,000 in the first year of the event, which was awesome. Mostly sponsorship and people coming. And so we're hosting that event again this summer. And we're going to build on it and expand it and do some more things. And it's really cool. But that product made it easy, easier for us to put that band, the bands out on the lane. It looks great. You really don't have to spend too much time. Doors nicely, it stacks, take it apart. How do you then look at your space and run events utilizing products like that? And so live music events are great. People go out and for live music. We do live music in our bar multiple times a month. It's great. What we now need to do is say, hey, what's the next step? We do this one event, it's one time a year. There are nights I want to put that band out on the lanes and that's the product that we can use. Right. Um, simple. The, the weight is dis- distributed. There's no concern about your lane beds and it's, it goes up pretty easy, comes down even easier. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cause it's, you know, there's, there's so much space taken by the lanes for out of your, you know, 40 some thousand square feet. They take up a lot of space, but it's nice. You can reclaim it on a temporary basis rather than a permanent basis. So I know we're coming up, I want to be respectful of your time. So the last question that I want to ask you is just, you know, where you see things going maybe for the next 12, 18 months in in the bowling industry. I have a lot of balls back here. None of them are magic. You know, I think we we talked a little bit about this post-pandemic world and how business has been good. And I think if we're going to, we need to just continue to capitalize on that. We need to continue working towards providing that experience that people are expecting when they come. They've been coming out, provide great service, provide a good experience. They will come back, but you also need to communicate with them and make sure that they want to come back. That customer that was coming once a year has been now coming more often. 
And it's because they lost out on a couple of years of doing things with their friends. Yeah. And, and so how do we push to see them again? And I think that has to be our focus because they're going to keep, they'll come back something else. There's plenty of other things to do. My thing here on in New York City, specifically Staten Island, it's island that's 13 miles long, eight miles wide. We want people to keep their money here and spend their time and energy here without having to go over the, any of the bridges. Please go enjoy the rest of the city. There's plenty of things to do. But when you're looking for entertainment, we have everything here. So how do you keep them here? And the mm -hmm. more places that open, wonderful. David Buster's opened up, I don't know how many miles away. Great. It keeps people on Staten Island. So maybe they'll go play some games, they'll eat and drink, and then they'll come bowling after. Or mm -hmm. vice versa. How do you provide that in your, you have to work together or not feel that you have competition that, that's going to pull business away from you. You need to complement it and find a way to essentially agree that, hey, this is good. And it is good. You need, we need all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's every community. So in yeah. the next couple of years, I think it's really hammering home, providing that service, providing a clean space that people want to come back to. And they will. Mm -hmm. There's no yeah. reason. We have, we provide one of the greatest activities. Everybody can do it. There are no mm -hmm. barriers and everybody gets to play. So right. when kids join youth programs, they're not sitting on the bench. They get to play. They're not, you, you don't have the same atmosphere that you might have in other sports. And so that leg up is so important. And that trickles down to just your open play business. And then of mm -hmm. course, your eventual league business where everybody just wants to come out and enjoy themselves. Right. Yeah. I think you make a great point also, you know, like you're seeing such a, a nice peak of the business. You're like, how do you keep it going? You know, these people are coming out more than they were before. It's just up to us now to keep them coming back and to keep that rocking because when you hit your high point, there's, you know, you don't want to go back down. You want to keep that momentum going. And like you said, it, it comes down to the service experience. Without a doubt. It's mm -hmm. they make something. So we had a team meeting yesterday and it was with our maintenance team and, you know, they're the front lines, right? They're the ones keeping this place clean. They're the first thing that in many cases, the first person that the customer sees. And one of the comments that came out in this conversation was when you look at reviews and do you know what the first two things people say are? Number one is wow, this place is clean because of our maintenance team, right? So mm -hmm. we're seeing that and talking about that's so important. So right. providing a clean environment is especially during the, 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 during the time of the pandemic and follow yeah. one of the comments we typically get, wow, you guys did a great job helping us feel safe while we were coming bowling during this time. And so glad to continue to see that you're doing X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I, when people want to People come in the doors just to use our restrooms. I take that as a compliment. Absolutely. Um, they're yeah. in the neighborhood and they found us to use the bathroom. Right. Yeah. That says something. Uh, and you just, you keep, you build on that. Yeah. I think sometimes we underestimate how important the cleanliness, particularly the bathrooms is for the guest experience. You know, I, time after time, I hear that come up as something that's really critical. And we're thinking about what they're doing on the concourse when really in the back of their mind is, you know, how clean are these restrooms? Yeah, you know, absentee ownership doesn't really work. And so when you're not there, you have to then be able to trust your team to see that. But they're also not looking mm -hmm. at it the same lens you are. And so if yeah. you're not going to be there, then you need to have that person or people. And so I walk around this bowling center all the time and my family and my management team. And I'm like, hey, listen, you see something, please sh say something. We need, if there's something that's got to be fixed, taken care of. If we're seeing it, the customers certainly see it. Now right. we do stare at the same thing every day. So of course we're going to notice it more. The customer right. may not, but somebody's going to see it and they're not going to say something. They're just going to take it for granted. Mm -hmm. We tend to do that ourselves. Ah, it's no big deal. No, it is a big yeah. deal. These little right. things add up because then it's going to be the next thing. And what's the mm -hmm. next thing? And then that next thing becomes something else. 
excuse me, you go, the next thing becomes something else where, you know what, I went back to Rabs and, you know, the place has fallen apart, this, that, the other thing, because nobody took, paid attention to just one yeah. little thing. And that one little right. thing turns into three or four little things that then eventually turn people off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes almost like cultural, you know, a habit. Awesome. Like, Frank, I know you're a busy guy. I don't want to take more of your time. I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. Anytime. Keep on keeping on, as I always say. You can <laughs> and talk to our fellow proprietors. It's been great. So keep sharing the good word and spreading the good messages of what our fellow proprietors are up to. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have, before we go, do you have anything you want to plug BVL or anything else you want to plug or send people to that? <laughs> He's all give today. Uh, I'm like, wait a second. All give, no take. Like, where are you going here? <laughs> no, I nothing that comes to mind specifically, but you know, I just, my message to everybody is, Hey, keep working towards success and working towards getting people to come in the doors and enjoy mm -hmm. what we do. And I think we all, we certainly all get to enjoy what we do. We really have the best jobs. hundred percent. See the, the most amazing people day in and day out. I only know the day of the week sometimes by the people I see. Uh, that's not a bad thing. It means they're continuing to come back and they're here on a weekly mm -hmm. basis, a daily basis. And we really do have the best jobs in the world. And so I wouldn't give it up for anything. So, and I think most proprietors would say. Awesome. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, great note to, to end on. Thank you so much, Frank. This has been great. We'll see you soon. Thank you.